Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in on you. I'm actually recording this Wednesday before the Game 7. Just fucking with you. It's Thursday. I watched the game. I know what happened. All right. I got to say, congratulations to the St. Louis Blues on your first Stanley Cup championship ever. Avenging your Mother's Day's loss. Was it May 13th, 1970? Something like that. Forty fucking nine years later. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a smile on my face when I was watching all those St. Louis Blues fans going crazy. And one of my favorite things in the world is watching uh, a franchise that hasn't won it in forever win it. But I feel like I got fucked over because they beat my team, so I couldn't fully enjoy it. The same way, like, you know, I was rooting for the Eagles, you know, to win a Super Bowl. I just didn't want them to beat the Patriots. So both of those, you know, I felt like... I would have enjoyed way more, obviously, if they weren't beating my team. But, like, Jesus Christ, hats off to the St. Louis Blues organization. They played a fucking masterful Game 7. It was such a great series where it was really just the speed of the Bruins versus this physical will of the Blues, what was going to win. And I got to say, old Freckles kind of called it. Did he not? Did he not? I said the way to beat the Blues is you got to score first and pull them out of that fucking trap defense that they were playing, and which would open up the ice for our speed. And that's what happened in game, like game three and game six. Um, and when they went up one to nothing, I was like, fuck, we need, we need to get this next goal. We need to get this next goal. We can't have them. We can't have them up 2-0. I mean, I haven't seen the trap defense played that well since the boring-ass New Jersey Devils won three cups. Some of the worst hockey I've ever seen in my life as far as excitement went. But what I loved about the way the Blues played it was, as much as I was kind of being a fucking cunt about it, I I actually, in the end, really enjoyed the way they played. Um, Playing outside the lines a little bit. But that is playoff hockey. And, you know, I was looking up some hockey stats before Game 7, the Bruins back in the day when the Canadians would always beat us, you know, Don Cherry was our coach. And that's something I read was just he told them to have their sticks up high around Guy Lafleur, And we still didn't beat him, but Guy Lafleur's whole fucking head was swollen and cut up by the end of the series. So we've done shit like that. So I would be a real fucking pansy here if I was to complain about some of the rougher stuff. And just the bottom line was we... Um, I said it, dude. I said it. Said you don't want to go seven games with this team because you're going to be too beat up by the end. You know, if you're the finesse team, you got to you got to win it in five or six, or they're just going to wear you down the way I saw them wear down San Jose, which is exactly what they did. And uh, I was too hard on Billington. I said he was astoundingly mediocre. I was as hard on him as they have been overly complimenting him. All right, first rookie goaltender ever with sixteen games. It's like Patrick Wall. Only won 15 in 1986 because you could only win 15. All right. The first round was best three out of five. So it's not his fault that he couldn't have beat their ass another fucking game. Uh, Not to mention he won the con Smythe and he had a 1.92 goals against average. My thing about Billington was this. And he had four fucking stand on your head 
saves in a game seven. So you, you can never take that away from that guy. But that guy was definitely a different goaltender when he was down. Okay, when we when in game six, when we actually fucking got a little physical and we went up, you know, we 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 went up a goal, you know, the same thing we did in game three. All of a sudden, the guy's giving up five goals a game and getting pulled out of one game. So last night, what I was watching, the problem that we were having and I've never seen a team four check as well as the blue uh, in recent memory is the St. Louis Blues. What they kept talking about their goaltender, it. it I don't know what the fucking game they were watching. What the game was between the goaltenders. And like, have you ever seen a fucking team like they stopped like every fucking pass we made. There was like every time a Bruin had a puck, there was like a there was like a clock. Thousand one, thousand two, get rid of it, get rid of it. Or they they were just gonna come up and just physically take it away from you. We had the amount of passes that we would like through the air. Like saucer pass, trying to do it, and they would just bat it down out of the air, like they had a like a fucking I don't know, like they had a goaltender stick. It was unbelievable how fucking amazing they were at that. I'm not good with the names because I got a kid now and I got to watch the game with the fucking sound down. But that number nine on the Blues, I, I can't remember if it was your first or second goal. When we, I think, crazy, somebody had the puck and he just knocked him down, kept it in our zone, and I was like, and and then you know. They're passing it, they're passing it, keeping it in the zone. The whole time I'm going, if they score here, then that number nine should get a fucking assist. And sure enough, they ended up scoring, I think, on the tip shot, or I can't remember if it was sort of the partial breakaway backhander that guy got by Tuca. Um, but the big thing was to beat them, you had to go up. Because when you went up, then Billington came back down to earth. And the problem last night is we got down, and we got down early. And then he got to stay behind the cushy confines of the way they were playing that fucking trap defense. And we did not have a power forward was what was lacking on our team. We needed a guy in the slot taking the punishment and we were too beat up and just didn't have that fucking guy. So what was happening is when we got into their offensive zone, if you rewatch the game, the amount of times we had the puck in a good position and we would pass all the way to the other side of the ice, go wing to wing. And an NHL goaltender, that's all day to go from post to post. And we just didn't get any traffic in front. And too many of our shots from, were from out near the blue line where he had a wide open look. I mean, by the time we finally got traffic out in front and scored on him, it took a six on five. We had to have an extra guy so somebody could stand out in front. And um, I don't know. I love the Blues aggressive style the way that they played and um and they knocked us on our ass and we have to get bigger and stronger congratulations to Bruins they went way further this year than I thought they were going to um you know we definitely got it you know we got rid of too many like Sean Thornton's and Lucic's and Adam McQuaid's where we couldn't hit them back and that was really really hard to watch as a Bruins fan because I've never seen us get physically dominated like that um but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, it kind of ended up going the way I thought it was going to go. And I was honest the other day when I said I had absolutely no feeling on which way it was going to go in game seven, which I don't know how you could, because if you watch the Bruins in game one, uh, game three and game six, you would think that the Blues couldn't play with us. And then if you watch the Bruins in game fucking two, four, five, and seven, you would have thought we would have got swept. It was such a fucking weird series where it was, it was almost like just whoever got out front first 
like that was it and the game was going to be played the way they played it. You know, if, if the Bruins got out front, it was going to be a speed game and we were going to win and Billington was going to let up four or five fucking goals or they got out front and, and fucking it was just going to be this physical game and, and we, were, we were going to play 80% of the game in our, in our own fucking end. But um, I don't know. I'm going to tell you this, though. That's going to be a hell of a party on, and, uh, on Saturday down there in St. Louis. You guys totally deserve it. We're really, at the end of the day, we're the better team. I'm being a little cunty with your goaltender, and it has nothing to This isn't a personal attack on the guy. I'm just so fucking sick of, like, sports casters and sports networks, the way they spew out stats with no sort of historical perspective is the same way a politician, you know, will fudge numbers and shit to make this guy doesn't like babies you know he voted no on this fucking thing and they don't look at what's attached to the fucking bill as to why this person voted no like this fucking horse shit where it's just like this guy just had more wins than kent dryden it's like when kent dryden played i think he needed he needed eight there was only two rounds of the playoffs or you'd be watching like major league baseball and be like oh here's a stat that just came in so and so just passed babe ruth the salt and the swat for most postseason playoffs, it's like there was back when Babe Ruth played. It was like whoever had the most wins in the American League that was winning the pennant. There was no playoff. You just immediately went to the World Series. So the best you could do is p- play seven games in a year. So now you could play what is it? The, the first round's the best of five. You could play five in another four. You could play nineteen fucking games in one year now. So obviously you're going to start patting these guys. Sit there. I'll tell you, you know, I mean, he's who's kid? Oh, I mean, bro, there's a reason why we're all sitting here. And I'll tell you, this kid right now, he's. I bet he's pinching himself, seeing his name up and against it. He's fucking got the attack attack. It's just, I, I don't understand that. It's just like, well, obviously, if somebody's going to play three times as many games potentially every fucking year of their career, they're going to start passing some fucking amazing people, you know. Like Martin Brodeur, my main memory of this Hall of Fame great goaltender was him stopping, dumping chase passes behind his fucking net. You know, the best I saw was Patrick Waugh. That's the best I ever fucking saw. So that's why. Being a bit of a cunt. Being a bit of a cunt. It definitely fucking... um, You know what's fucking hilarious is I watched the game in a cigar bar. I was so fucking sad when I left. I forgot my credit card. I got to go back and get that today. But... um, I uh, I was in there. I'm in New York. Nobody gave a shit about the fucking game. I had to tell them to turn the game on. And when the Blues scored the first time on the deflection, the insult to injury was I was sitting there and somebody just goes, oh, did they just score? And then he watched the replay and he goes, ooh, a ricochet. It's <laughs> just like, oh, my God. A ricochet. Okay. Um, anyways, but uh, and then once New York fans realized that I was rooting for Boston, they started giving me shit, and I fucking destroyed them, and then they all had to shut the fuck up because they got nothing. They got nothing. They got fucking 97 fucking... T- what, what are you, you going to chant at me? Huh? What, 2008 with the fucking Boston Celtics? Get the fuck out of here. Um, so... 
anyway, and then I ended up fucking leaving it and ate a, a slice of pizza. Like, did you see? I loved uh, what's his face, uh, El Prez there from fucking Barstool. <laughs> That video he took him just eating all kinds of bad food. That's what I did. I went and I got a sl- I was watching the game with Bobby Kelly, and then I went. He dropped me off uh, where I'm staying here in New York, and I uh, went over. And I just got a slice of pizza from the better famous Rays in the area and um, just sat there by myself. Like, that weird fucking feeling, you know, when you're that close and you fucking lose – And then it's the double whammy of not only did you lose, but that's the end of hockey for the year. Which, by the way, thank you, Canada, for hockey. Jesus Christ. I still maintain it's the fucking, it's the best of the four sports. Um, And I was just sitting there eating that fucking thing by myself going, ah, fuck. And now I got to do the podcast and I got to eat crow the next fucking day. Woe is fucking me. But I'm over it. And, um... All right, so now that I've been a bit of a cunt to your goaltender, which he really doesn't deserve. Uh, so 1967, I'm going off the top of my head because one of these malware fucking we know things took over my computer. I have a brand new laptop and it already, it, watch out when they say you need the new flash, whatever, your flash player needs to be updated. I clicked on that. So now I have to spend a fucking day this week at the fucking Apple store figuring out how to get rid of this fucking thing. Uh, may all you fucking hackers out there burn in hell. All you fucking ass, the fucking assholes who did this. It's like you can't go after bankers. You can't go after fucking real prey. You got to fucking get some dumb, bald, fucking redheaded cunt whose team just lost the Stanley Cup final. You got to fucking take over my computer so you can make more money off of J.C. Penny. You fucking assholes. So, anyways. Sad sack fans, so this morning I got to go downstairs into the laundry room of uh, where I'm staying here and um, to do my laundry here, right? So I go downstairs to go do it. You figure Thursday morning there's not going to be anybody here, but actually most of the machines were taken up. Unfortunately, I got one. And um, so I ended up going downstairs, you know, after the wash thing was done, and this guy's sitting there, one of these fucking assholes who does his, his, his laundry like once a leap year. He's got all these bags of shit, and he's, like, taking up all the machines, and he starts going, like, uh, yeah, I'm just still waiting for one more. Like, worried, like, I'm going to take one. I go, well, that one's mine. It's almost done. He's like, all right. And what is mine's done. He's like, you want this? You want this? Like, trying to get me to take the basket, you know, over. And it's just like, buddy, relax, right? So I take my shit out. And, you know, the stuff I'm going to just let dry in the apartment, I fold that, and then I put my socks and underwears into the dryer. And then all of a sudden, he comes around the corner, with this load of wet laundry and goes, I'm just going to leave this here, right? I'm, just, I'm like, what? He goes, I'm just going to leave this here. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? And then I realized that was somebody else's laundry. I'm like, is that somebody else's laundry? He's like, yeah. I go, dude, don't drag me into this. He goes, what? I go, don't drag me into this. That's not my laundry. Don't ask for my okay. Like I'm the sultan of the fucking laundry room. And he's like, Ugh. he doesn't say anything. I'm like, this guy's a fucking selfish cunt, right? So I walk out. Just one of those people you just want to get away from. So I go out and I push the button and I'm waiting for the fucking elevator, right? And I look up, I realize I didn't push the button because I'm so still thinking about the fucking game and what we could have done, which is all futile at this point. And I hit the up button and all of a sudden he comes walking out. So now it's like I got to fucking, I got to ride up with this asshole. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'm the first floor of apartments. So worst case scenario, he gets off on my floor. 
You know, you know what this fucking asshole does? You know what he does? You know what he does? He gets in the elevator and he pushes lobby. You fucking believe. He got on my elevator. Okay, which is a thing. My elevator is a thing. If you get on it first, it's your fucking elevator. And if somebody gets on after you and then fucking hits the floor before you're getting off, they interrupted your life twice and they should apologize when they get off. I do it. That's my, that's my elevator etiquette. Is there anything worse when you're in a tall fucking building and you're coming down and some fucking asshole on 18 hits it and he gets on and then fucking hits 17? It's like he couldn't take the stairs. You know, you where your wingtips were going to get scuffed up as you turned the corner. Uh, Bill, what are you really mad at? Oh, my team lost. God damn it. Um, oh, I was going to say, this is off the top of my head. The expansion six, if I remember correctly, was the Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, the Minnesota North Stars, the St. Louis Blues, the L.A. Kings, and the California Golden Seals. So, the California Golden Seals then I think became the Oakland Seals. And somehow they ended up in Cleveland and became the Cleveland Barons. And then they folded, or maybe a few of them sort of combined with Minnesota North Stars. I can't quite remember what happened to them. So they never won one. Let's see if I can do this top of my head, all right? The Flyers won at first, 74 and 75. Then the next ones to win it were, let's see here. Would it be the Dallas Stars, Minnesota, then be the Dallas Stars in 1999? No, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they won it. Flyers, the Penguins, the Dallas Stars in 99. Then the L.A. Kings. And then the fucking uh, St. Louis Blues won it last night. So it took 52 years, 53 seasons um, for the expansion six. All of those great fucking teams um, that added so much to hockey, doubled the league. Um to finally have the last one win the Stanley Cup. Here's the weird thing about hockey, right? Let's say you had a six-team league and you were adding another six teams who are obviously going to be weak, right? Because they're new teams. Okay, how would you divide those up if you're going to make two conferences? Wouldn't you take three of the original and one, three of the new, and three of the original, six and the other, and three? Hockey didn't do that. They kept all the original six in one division and put all the expansion six in another division. <laughs> so the first round of the playoffs was basically the Stanley Cup final between the two fucking original six teams. And that's why I believe we swept the Blues in 1970 last time we played. They were like a fucking brand new franchise. Um, so anyway, was there anything else that I wanted to talk about as far as hockey? I, can't, I literally cannot even go on my computer. And what's funny is I, lo- I, I tried refreshing and clearing all my web browser history, and I lost all my passwords. I can't even get into my fucking email. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, so now I'm going to go over and, you know, talk to one of the geniuses at the Apple store to see if they can fucking figure out one of the evil geniuses who came up with this malware horseshit 
Um, I've now realized I'm not clicking on anything anymore, okay? I'm done with this shit. I'm going to get a rotary phone. If you want to get in contact with me, just fucking call me. Maybe I'll be home. Maybe I won't be. I'm just going to go back to old school shit. Because, you know, I was telling you when, you know, I have these acting gigs when I go down on the... um, the uh, the set there, you know, in between setups, I don't bring my phone or anything because I just feel like it just takes me out of what little game I have as an actor. I was actually down there and there was a book on a coffee table and I actually started reading it. I was like, this is what I should be doing between fucking, you know, when there was when there's a long turnaround, like if it's going to be like a fucking half hour, you don't want to keep doing the lines in your head because then you're going to be like a robot when you go out there. At least that's how I'm wired. But actually reading a book, an old man, old lady thing to do, it's fucking, it's the shit. I couldn't believe how enjoyable it was. It was actually, it turned out that it was Pete Holmes' book, um, Comedy God, which I immediately thought was funny. I'm like, all right, is he just doing this thing where he's just like overly bragging, doing like a Ron Burgundy thing? And it was actually a lot of, what I was skimming reading was a lot of it was about like him being brought up in religious and religion, overly religious and getting into stand up. And I read uh, a couple of chapters of his book. And I was trying to find to see if he had mentioned the first time I ever worked with him, just to see what his take was on that weekend. The first time I ever worked with Pete Holmes is I worked at this comedy club. I don't know if it's still out there. It was called Brewster's in Peoria, Illinois, hometown of the great, late, great Richard Pryor, greatest comedian of all time. And... Um, we did this gig out there. I just remembered it was like mostly a bar and on stage it was sort of done up like this old West kind of thing with like these big whiskey barrels and looking like provisions and shit where uh, like we were going to go on the, the fucking Oregon trail or something. We're up on the, uh, up on stage. And I believe a long time ago, he actually posted a video of him bombing during that weekend. And we both went out and watched the ring in an empty movie theater. It was the two of us and both got scared shitless watching that thing. And I had a great fucking weekend working with him. So I was trying to get to that part where he first moved to New York. But I actually read the part where his first marriage fell apart, man. That fucking guy's a great writer. So check out that book if you get a chance. There's also another book um, that just came out on uh, Greg Giraldo, which I didn't even know was coming out. So I don't even know who wrote the thing. I just saw Bobby Kelly promoted it on his Instagram. So I'm definitely going to get that book. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing. But I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fucking devastated. I really am. Devastated. My fucking beloved Bruins lost. And I'm also oddly really happy for St. Louis. You know, long-suffering fans. It's just the weirdest fucking feeling. Um, I was actually sitting there with Bobby, and he was just going, dude, can you believe this fucking bullshit? And I was just like, they, they were the, they're the better team. They're the better team. And when they raised the cup, just seeing how excited the guy's got, actually he had a smile on his face, and Bobby's looking at me. I was like, dude, I fucking love this shit. This is the, the best fucking trophy ever. Um, but I, I, I would be lying to you if I am not fucking, uh, if I didn't say I wasn't fucking devastated right now. Jesus Christ. And then, then that's it. Thank God for MotoGP. Thank God I got into motorcycle racing because to, to go from the end of the fucking NHL playoffs and just the level of intensity, you know, trying to ease your way, you know, <laughs> into fucking the dog days of fucking baseball 
You know, I, I always equate it must be like what Ric Flair felt like after doing a road of, you know, a run of wrestling and then cut, trying to come home to his family life and trying to come down from fucking woo, styling, profiling, all that shit. He's <laughs> screaming. It's like the fan version of that. So thank God for fucking MotoGP. And I get to watch those fucking amazing lunatics race those bikes around at 200 miles an hour. And, and I'm not shitting on baseball because I do love baseball. Actually, um, you know, I've been so into the NBA finals and the Stanley Cup final that, you know, the other day when there was a there was a day off, I actually was like, I have to watch some sort of competition here. And I watched the Yankees Mets game. And I was able to get into it. Um, I prefer the Yankee feed over the Met feed just because I'm more familiar with that. Michael Kay and all of that. And I also love listening to Paul O'Neill. And <clears throat> but I was just sitting there. I don't know. I have to tell you this, though. Let's let's talk. So in the end, congratulations to the St. Louis Blues. Congratulations to Billington for proving me wrong. I mean, he had just four stand on your head fucking saves in a game seven. I mean, you don't get lucky like that. I think the kid is the fucking real deal. All right. There. I said it. Um, but I've gotten so into uh, this NBA final Finals, Jesus Christ, jumping back and forth here. I was initially for Toronto, and I still really kind of am because of the Toronto fans. But I have to tell you, at first I was making fun of Drake. Now I love him because I find myself watching him when the ball's being brought up the court. Like, he is so out of his fucking mind. He's, he's literally pacing the sidelines like he's coaching the team. Like I was watching him when they were bringing the ball up and he was just manically making this spread, like spread the offense fucking uh, gesture. And I'm going like, this guy has, has, has lost his fucking mind. Like he's doing shit that like I do in my living room when I know nobody's watching. He's doing this on television. So part of me, I don't want... Toronto to win because I want to see this again. I don't want to see satisfied Drake. I want to see longing for a championship Drake. And uh, that last game, watching uh, the Warriors show why they're fucking champions. You know? And I, I'm not, you know, I didn't get upset with Toronto fans cheering when KD went down. That was That was fear. More so than disrespect. That was just like, oh, thank God this guy is out. All right. Although there was that one cunt in the front row, you know, who was dressed sort of like, you know, he looked like he listened to fucking. Remember those awful uh, rap metal bands from the early 2000s? He looked like a fan of one of those bands. And he was like waving bye bye. And it's just like, you know, who, who the fuck does that? Who does that? Right. Um so, this is what I think happens in that series. I think Golden State, I don't know, but you got Leonard. Leonard is just fucking ice water. When you won't even give a fist pound to one of your own fucking players, that's when you know you're in the zone. He's like the fucking Marshawn Lynch, like his attitude, where he doesn't give a fuck about anything except when you saw that quote. When they split at home and they were going out to Golden State and the, the, I almost said the teacher, the coach was going, you know, we go out there, we, just, we, we get one 
we, all we got to do is win one game. And he speaks up and said, fuck that. Let's win two. And then they did. <laughs> He's like fucking John Wayne in a Western. So I don't know. I don't, actually, I got to be honest with you. I, I will be happy either way um, watching this series, no matter what happens. I will, you know, in the end, I think I want to see Toronto win a little more just because they haven't won a championship in so long. But, like, the next championship I really wanted to see Toronto win was I wanted to see them win a cup. Um, you know, I, I will tell you, though, anytime I see Toronto fans gathering outside watching something on a screen, I get a negative feeling. Going like, oh, how many times have we seen this? <laughs> they gradually start peeling off. It's one of the saddest, slowest um, departures of a fan base you're ever going to fucking see. But God bless them because they do show up. Um, so I wanted to go seven games. My gut feeling is Golden State comes out and wins game six and then loses game seven in Toronto. I just think Toronto might wear them down by that point. Uh, Golden State is really banged up. But uh, I will tell you what would be fucking sick is if Toronto goes into their building and fucking ends their dynasty in their own building. Oh, Oh, you know what? That would take me back to 1985 when Kareem hit that last fucking skyhook. I'll never forget that. And he ran down the court and he fucking made, he balled up both his fists like, that's it. We got these motherfuckers. And I was just like, ugh. They finally beat us in the final. Finals. All right. And with that, let's, uh, let's read. Let's read a couple of fucking advertisements here for the podcast all right we got butcher box everybody oh do i love these guys this month this month munch i'm already thinking about eating this month butcher box is offering free bacon for life sign up now and you'll get uh one package of the best tasting bacon free in every box for the life of your subscription butcher box bacon is whole 30 approved whatever that means, uncured, nitrate, and sugar-free right now. New members will get a package of bacon for free in every box for the life of your subscription. Plus, you'll get $20 off your first box. This is incredible quality of butcher... The incredible quality of butcher box meats starts with their commitment to humanely raised animals that are never fed antibiotics or or hormones that are shown Disney movies before they're slaughtered. Did we mention it's delivered right to your door? To receive $20 off your first box and a package of free bacon in every box for the life of your subscription, go to butcherbox.com slash burr or enter burr in the checkout. At checkout, go now. Limited time offer. You know, just to let you know, my favorite is the heritage bread pork. Okay, that is just the best pork chop I ever fucking had. Uh, everything's high quality, grass fed, grass finished, free range organic chicken. Uh, heritage breed pork is how you're supposed to say it. Um, I'm telling you, it's the only, only ad read I have on my mouth waters as I'm reading it, thinking about that fucking good food. All right. Oh, look who's here. Do, 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 do. Meundies, meundies, singing the fucking blues. Do, 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 do. Meundies, meundies, we lost. Now what do you do? You leave your credit card and get a slice. The other team won, and that's not nice. I'm going to cry until October. Ba-dee-ba-da-ba-doo-boo-boo. Oh, shout out to James Talent Harris. One of the New York kings of comedy. One of the New York kings of comedy acting like a sports queen. 
No text message when we won the World Series. No text message when we won the Super Bowl. We lose the Stanley Cup final. Typical New York fan pops his fucking head up. Jesus Christ. I'm surprised I didn't hear from Rob Stapleton. He's another fucking half-ass fan. Never around during the losses. and Like, they're whack-a-mole fans. They're, they're, they're comedy kings on stage. When it comes to fucking sports fans, they're fucking queens. All right. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be hearing from both of them now. All right, MeUndies. There are two types of dudes in the world. Dude, Bobby Kelly, dude. Uh, those that go through the gate. And those that go over the fence. Well, after all these years of research and countless experiments with seasoned underwear scientists, MeUndies now has options for both with their new boxer briefs with a fly. It took a while, but now men from both sides of the aisle can enjoy the world's softest undies. MeUndies uses the coveted micromodal modal fabric, which is a full three times softer than cotton. Not only will you feel like your loins are being hugged by joy itself, but MeUndies gives you multiple style options for both men and women. Men can try out the new boxer brief with a fly. With a fly? You're going to have metal that close to your dick? That's why I never understood people who go fucking nature boy. You know what I mean? Don't you worry your balls are going to get snagged in the zipper. Huh? You never saw fucking... I uh, almost said my cousin Mary. There's something about Mary. Uh, men can now try the new boxer brief with a fly. It's the same great cut as boxer brief, just with a hole for number one. MeUndies for number one, fellas. Do not unzip that and try to drop a deuce. You're going to have a problem. MeUndies is more so than Tom Hanks in that fucking movie. Uh, MeUndies is also the go for the softest loungewear, is the go-to for the softest loungewear on the planet. Hang out in their super comfy lounge pants and onesies. Yes, MeUndies makes me, uh, onesies, and they're, they are incredible. Uh, MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners for any first time purchasers. When you, when you, when you, any MeUndies, the fuck, they're missing words here. When you order any MeUndies, you get 15% off free shipping, get 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. Uh, to get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies.com slash Burr. All right, that's it. And once again, um, lastly, but not leastly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, congratulations, St. Louis. You guys, you know, without a doubt, were, you just were the better team. You guys played fucking amazing hockey. And I really thought it was a great blend of the old style, hard style of play that I grew up watching and the new style. And um, great franchise, great fucking fans. I'm sure a lot of bandwagoners will be there on Saturday for the parade. But all you old school guys, you know, Congratulate men and women who watched that team. Congratulations. God knows you fucking waited longer for it, uh, which makes it all the more sweeter. All right. Enjoy this fucking sad music. I wonder if there'll be sad music. I have no idea. I don't pick the music. And then we'll have a greatest hits from a Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast when maybe I was a little happier. <laughs> See you. June 28 was the date, 38 to the chest plate. Mommy dears crying at the wake. And everybody dressed up in black suits. Going to pay their last respects to the black troop. Why they have to die is the question that we're under. But everyone knows that every day's a different number. So when your time comes, just remember, G. 
You'll always have a place in this world as a memory Especially my boys who passed away back in 92 Best believe that all the boys in the hoods got love for you Wherever we go, wherever we be, we be thinking Of how we hung in the club smoking and drinking Never missing out on a hood fight Cause every day back in the hood we had a good fight Everything has changed and people are looking lonely Strange spending New Year's Eve without your homie. But ain't much that we can do except pork brute throughout the crew to make sure we all remember you. And believe me, it hurts to see the boy you broke bread with six feet in the dirt. dirt. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, June 12, 2011. How's it going? I got fuzz in the damn microphone. Um, yeah. Why? Why do I keep doing these by myself? I have the Star Spangled Banners in my fucking head because uh, the NBA Finals and the NHL Finals have have never been on the same night, and I've been watching all of them. So that's all I've been hearing every fucking night. Oh, say can you see? And then when you watch the fucking NHL finals, you also get all oh, Canada do glorious and free maple syrup and hockey and some fucking caribou. The Alaskan pipeline and fucking people who think they're from France. Um, just every fucking night. And, uh, you know, starting to fuck with me. Can you guys tell that I have absolutely nothing prepared for this week? Nothing funny to say. Um, I don't. I got nothing. It's a minute 23 in, and I'm ready to pull the fucking plug because I got too much shit to do. I'm actually recording this on uh, Sunday afternoon. A beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Sunny Sunday afternoon. Did you go to church, Bill? Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, I did not. Although, when I was out in the forest, I got to tell you, when I, last week when I thought I was going to get eaten by a bear, I did pray to a higher power. And I know what a lot of people right now, a lot of you Jesus freaks out there, a lot of you people who are into the old J-Star are probably like, yeah, see, see, you believe, you believe. Um, I believe in higher power, yes, absolutely, but I, I don't believe in the... In, in, uh, the stories. I don't think he's ever talked to anybody. That's, I think that's what I believe. You know, like today I was in the car and my girl was bugging me. And I said to her, you know what? You're really making me want to slap you in the face. <laughs> you know what it is? She's hell-bent on fucking painting the goddamn apartment. I don't know why. All right, and I have to do a benefit tonight, and then I have to go fucking go straight to the airport and take a red eye to Chicago. Coming in a day early because I got some friends out there, and they're, they got some ice time somewhere, and, you know, why not? I'll fucking come in a day early, play a little hockey, continue my Peter Pan lifestyle. So, of course, she's just like, I want to paint the living room. We have to get this done. We got to get drop cloths. We got to get some paint. Yada fucking yada, right? So where does she go? I go, all right, where, where, where are we going? Where are we going? And she's like, we have to go to Home Depot, all right? Which I fucking hate Home Depot. 
I can't stand it. All right, with their nine hundred foot ceilings and their two employees that they have there. And you finally run into one and it's like, you know, first of all, you go in the fucking place and that same feeling I had when I walked into the forest where I was like all alone and I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. That's what you feel like when you go into these these super stores as they call them. And then you walk in there when you finally fucking find somebody. You know, oh, that's not my department. I just do window shades. You know, back in the day when you walked into a hardware store, the fucking person knew the whole goddamn store. First of all, because it was only the size of, uh, I don't know, I don't know, a store. And I know all you guys out there who get on your knees and slurp the corporate cock are going to tell me, well, you didn't have as many selections. Go fuck yourself. All right, swallow the load and kill yourself because the old school hardware stores, they were better. You walk in, there was some grumpy guy there. And you'd be like, yeah, I need a fucking widget and a, and a fucking shower curtain rink. And he'd look up, you know, from some shit he was whittling on. He'd tell you exactly where the fuck it was. And he'd continue whittling as he corner of his eye, he looked at you. As you, you went in the wrong direction. Nah, nah, down on the bottom. There we are, on the bottom. He was one of those guys. Now you got all those douchebags out there, right? People work at Home Depot, basically people who uh, couldn't get a job at the Apple store. You know, they couldn't get one of those genius T-shirts, so now they get an orange apron, and then they just stand around, you know, looking at their nails. I don't know what. So anyways, we get down to this fucking place, and uh, as we're driving there, all right, evidently, whatever paint she wants to get, I wasn't involved in this fucking decision, you know? Um whatever the brand is, we're on our way over there, which I really don't have time to do. She goes, oh, my God, I hope they have, you know, Eddie Rabinowitz's eggshell fucking robin egg white or whatever the fuck she was talking about. And immediately in my head, I'm like, why didn't you call ahead? Why didn't you call ahead? So what, what do you think happened, everybody? What do you think happened when we went into the, the fucking monstrosity that is Home Depot? With their 40,000 fucking different selections. Guess what they didn't have? The Eddie Rabinowitz Robin Egg fucking blue goddamn coffee cream, whatever the fuck it was called. They didn't have it. So immediately I get pissed. So she looks for a silver lining. Well, at least we got drop cloths. Um, <laughs> so then we go to get out of this. Some shit I didn't have fucking time to do anyways. And then she wants me to stop at McDonald's to go get a, uh, a fucking uh, the lemonade frozen frisbee or whatever the fuck drink they have there. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't have time. So, of course, she starts pouting. So what do I do? I give in like a fag. I give in. You know, and I was sitting there in the goddamn fucking line. And, uh, you know, McDonald's is hilarious now. Evidently, they're trying to go healthy. I think the biggest loser is really starting to fuck with these fast food places because all these fatties are finally realizing, oh, really? I can't have three 7,000-calorie triple-double cheeseburgers with bacon on it? Evidently, that's the reason why I have this slab of shit that's covering my knees at this point. Forget about my genitalia. I think the uh, the biggest loser... I think that they've actually had an effect because I went there and you could actually get like a Waldorf salad or some shit. Some salad with like an apple in it, which was hilarious because you know it sucks. It's still somehow – and then they had like some low-fat yogurt with it. But as long as McDonald's is doing it, it's somehow still going to come out to about 9,000 calories. 
So uh, what the fuck was my point here? I was talking about slapping her in the face. Oh, that's what I said. I'm a slapping the face. Ah, Jesus Christ. I was going somewhere with this. The fuck was I talking about? How did I get into this? I was talking about going in the woods. Ah, Jesus. You know what? I don't even fucking remember. I'm such a long-winded jackass. What the fuck was I talking about? There's something about slapping her in the face, and then I didn't do that. And that tied into some other shit that I can't fucking remember. Ah, fuck. What do I try? Oh, I was talking about church, right? Why I don't believe... Oh, that's right. That's right. Church. There we go. We're back on track, everybody. Back on track. So I said, I'm going to... I really feel like slapping you in the face. This is when we were on the way of the McDonald's. And she goes, you know, obviously looking at him, looking at me like, don't do that. So I go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to slap Jesus instead because she's into rosaries, you know? And she has it hanging from the fucking rearview mirror of our stupid Prius. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slap Jesus anyway. So he's sitting there on the cross, of course, always in that moment. Look what I did for you, right? So I just fucking slap him right on the cross. And he flies back and forth. So she starts giving me shit. Don't slap Jesus, right? And uh, yeah, that's when I just kind of said, you know, do you really think that this happened? That God, you know, took out his giant fucking higher being dick, came into this fucking Petri dish the size of a jacuzzi, right? And then took out some sort of syringe and artificially inseminated, uh, what's her face there? Jennifer? Was it? Was that his mom's name? Right? <laughs> Do you really think that happened? It didn't. It didn't happen. Am I saying there's not a higher power? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying all these fucking stories that they're telling you are them that made up. This guy did, uh, you know, he came out of a womb that was never in, uh, banged, and uh, then he died for you. And the only way to get into heaven is if you do what we say and uh, give us some money. I mean, h- how fucking dumb are you if you go into that shit? I can't help you. I can't fucking help you. But if you want to talk about a higher power, I definitely believe in that shit. But none of us know what it is. I don't believe. I don't I don't fucking know. I don't know where you go. I don't know what happens. But uh, neither does anybody else. Because you read it in a book. What happens when you die? Who wrote it? Who, who exactly wrote it? How dumb do I sound right now to all you Jesus freaks? You all rolling your eyes as you write with your feathered pen to punish yourself for some bullshit that you did. Um, here's something for you. I don't believe in ghosts either. All right? We're just going to go right down the line of shit that I don't believe in. I don't believe in Jesus and I don't believe in ghosts. But uh, I got to admit there's some sort of paranormal shit been going on in my fucking uh, apartment lately. All right? We went on vacation. We came back and... All our forks are missing, except for two of them. <laughs> you know? And on two different occasions, I've been playing guitar. I get up out of my little fucking playpen area slash office. And uh, I walk in to talk to Nia. And then I come back and my, my settings are different on my fucking amp. So uh, I think, considering that the ghost stole my forks and is fucking with my amps 
there's only one logical conclusion, that this spirit uh, died at a Scorpions concert. That's what happened, all right? And only heavy metal fans got that. Remember that? That song, There's No One Like You, and the guy had the forks in his eyes. Remember that shit? I think that that's what's going on. So I'm going to be on the next season of uh, Ghost Hunters, and I'm going to sit in there with some douchebag with a video camera yelling at the ghost. You have exactly four minutes to show yourself. You ever see that? Have I talked about that? How ridiculous that fucking show Ghost Hunters is. Those fucking idiots sit around yelling at the... They always... Somehow, first of all, they always know the ghost's name. And they'll just be sitting there yelling at the ghost. Like threatening it. Like threatening this spirit that evidently is, is hanging out in a kitchen for all eternity. You know? Maggie! We know you're here. All right? We're getting sick of this. You got four minutes to show yourself, or we're packing up all our equipment. Right? What do you think Maggie's thinking? Well, do it. I don't give a fuck. This is the most entertaining shit ever. Sitting here frustrating you guys. I'll flick you in the ear. My little ghost fingers on the way up. <laughs> you guys believe in ghosts? Do you believe in that shit? I was actually watching uh, some fucking channel. I can't remember the names of anything. It's called like Payola or something. Pirelli, that's a tire. They they have all these fucking unplugged uh, sets by these bands. That's my computer making all that noise. And uh, I was watching one. Uh, you know, when you get to be old like me, you you just lose touch with modern music. But there's bands that you you just you keep hearing that Fallout Boy, and I'll fuck you while you young people. Oh my god, that's like so two thousand whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying. They blend in. So one of them was My Morning Jacket. All right? Now, when I grew up, no one would name a band My Morning Jacket. All right? You'd name it something that had to do with Satan or else I wasn't going to listen to it. So whenever I heard My Morning Jacket, that just sounded like, uh, you know, it was going to be like that Jack Johnson's kind of stuff. You know, that shit that like women and hippies like. Um, so I, I, I never listened to it, you know, I just thought it was going to be more like that fallout boy, like that whining, crying. Remember like the last 10 years, that emo shit where, where was that song that, that I I made fun of that one week? We will be victorious. Does that sound like you're going to win anything? That sounds like you're already lost and you're walking home crying to your mom. And you're just talking shit because you're too fucking embarrassed knowing you lost. So I assumed that they were kind of like that. And uh, I don't know, man. I watched their their unplugged set. They were fucking unbelievable. And I want to download some of their shit. All right? Legally. So let me know. How's their latest album? Because there was somebody else who was on, like Leaky Lee was on before. And I watched her shit and I loved it. And then I listened to it on iTunes and I was like... Ah, the unplugged shit sounded way better. Her shit was like singing through all this distortion stuff, which I can't stand after a while, you know? It's like, bitch, just sing the goddamn song, okay? Stop sounding like you're fucking, I'm listening to it three floors above you. You know, if you're going to do some shit like that, do it the way Jimmy Page did it, and I felt like I was on acid, you know? 
how he used to do that shit, and he and he would have it. You back in the day, you would listen to albums on headphones, and bands knew it, and they knew you were on drugs, and they used to try to enhance the experience. That's how great rock used to be. Okay, that's how into drugs they were. They knew you were on drugs. So they would make albums, and they were on drugs, and they would make albums that would make being on drugs feel better. And they used to do shit where they would, they would, whatever, they'd have some sort of, some sort of effect going on. And they would, they would make it go from the left side to the right side, just your speakers. But when you had headphones on, it felt like it passed through your goddamn head. It's tremendous. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they do. They yell into a bullhorn throughout the whole fucking concert into a microphone like that. That's the best you can do. Who does that shit? You know who does that all the time is that guy, Scott Weiland. Is that his name? The guy from STP, Velvet Revolver. He's big into that. Singing through the fucking bullhorn as he walks around in his uh, Nazi supermodel outfit. Anyways, this is the Monday Morning Podcast, everybody. Are you a new listener? I hope you are. I hope we continue to grow this podcast. Uh, I do one of these every goddamn week, and people send me questions. They ask for advice. They send me lists of underrated, overrated. We talk about YouTube fucking uh, videos that we like. I curse a lot because I don't read and I'm not intelligent. Um, all right, speaking of YouTube videos, which I keep forgetting to talk about. Um, I got a bunch at this point. Here's one you got to watch. And these are all, uh, by the way, all of these can be viewed exclusively at the mmpodcast.com. Um, first off, I did another tour of, uh, you know, those videos I make where I do like the tours of Los Angeles and show you different parts of L.A. Um, actually, uh, I did one in New York City. Um, and we just put that up. So we'll have that on the MM Podcast page. And do uh, you remember when I was sick a few weeks ago? And I felt like shit and all that. Uh, This video was shot the day that I was getting sick. Notice when I'm on the subway, when I'm walking down there, look at the the flop sweat on my giant forehead as I'm starting to get sick. Um, We got that. And here's here's a video that has since blown up, which pisses me off because I've been meaning to talk about this one for a month. There's one, a video called Fan Escapes. Um. I don't know if I talked – I don't think I talked about this one yet. Um, It's basically some kid in an Astros game. He jumps out of the stands, runs across right field, gives a great head fake to a security guard, breaks his ankles. He goes up and over the wall. He just – and just fucking amazing. He basically climbs up the stadium and runs out the back of it. And as far as I know, he got away. And uh, I would love a lot of Europeans to watch this who think every American's a fat fuck. You should see this guy. This guy does like about a good four or five pull-ups and climbs up out of a stadium from basically center field. It's amazing. So definitely check that one out. There's another good one out there that I was watching called uh, – it's basically uh, how, to, how to talk to cops. And this one's funny because uh, you, the, the people who actually are doing it are actually complete dirtbags. But they know their rights, probably because they've been getting arrested their entire life. And it's really fascinating. I saw this video a long time ago about how many rights you give up when the cops pull you over simply because you don't, you don't know the law. And they just ask you questions. Like in this video, the guy goes, 
because the guy was videotaping the cop. He comes over. He goes, uh, what do you videotape me for? He goes, can I see that camera, please? Now, most people, 90% of the people would be like, yes, officer, here you go, because you're, you're, you don't want to get arrested. This guy was like, no. And the cop goes, why can't I have the camera? He goes, because uh, it's mine, and you need a search warrant. And he just started rattling off this shit, and the cop's just like, ah, fuck. He knows the rule. I don't know if he needs a search warrant, but he needs probable cause. I'm videotaping. It's illegal. It's not illegal to videotape. And he just he stonewalls the guy. And he goes, and I'm on my property. You're actually on my property. Get off my property, please. And every time he says this shit, you're like, oh, my God, he comes to beat down, but it never fucking happens. But who's kidding who? The only reason why it goes down like this is because there's witnesses. There's too many people standing around. Because if this guy tried this shit in the middle of nowhere with a cop, the, the video camera would be up his ass and uh, he would also be facing some sort of charges of assaulting the police officer because the police officer sprained one of his fingers when he shoved the camera up his ass. Um, at least that's been my experience. Um, what are the YouTube videos? Let me make sure I read all of these. Let me show you, make sure I read all of these before I uh, move on to the next topics here. Ah, for Christ's sake, where the fuck are the other YouTube videos? Oh, this is a good one. I think we actually did this one a long time ago. Uh, Boyfriend, fuck you. Uh, You ever do that shit where you hit on a girlfriend, she lets you... uh, Hit on a girlfriend. You hit on some girl, and she lets you do it for 10 minutes and then brings up her boyfriend? Uh, This guy does the reaction that you want to do. It's called Boyfriend, fuck you. Um, And then we got some music ones here. Uh, Crossroads Festival... Uh, Steve Winward, Eric Clapton, and Steve Jordan, my favorite drummer, and Derek Trucks. Um, what else do we got here? Mark Knopfler. I haven't even looked at these. I've been so goddamn busy. We got some uh, music ones this week. And uh, what the fuck was the other one? Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. You guys, do you, guys, do you have a guilty pleasure movie that you watch that you would be unbelievably embarrassed that other people would know that anytime you see it, you definitely watch it. This is mine. It's actually called The Goodbye Girl, <laughs> which is arguably one of the gayest fucking movies of all time. All right. But what I love about it, the reason why I like it is because it's Richard Dreyfus's first big role. And I'm a big Richard Dreyfus fan. And I just love it because you see a guy seizing the opportunity that he's got this role. And he, he just he just goes all out. It's a total fucking chick flick or whatever, but I don't know. He's always funny to me in the amount of shit that he has to do in the movie that I would be embarrassed to do when he pulls it off is why I always end up watching the movie. But – and I, always, I never watch it from beginning to end. I always catch it at some point. Plus, I'm a sucker for any movie that's shot in New York, and I get to see what New York used to look like. So that's another reason why I love watching that movie. And – uh it's just a great movie on a lot of different levels. There's another level where the only people of color in that movie play muggers. Like you really see what the fuck Spike Lee is complaining about when you fucking see. It's like it's so – like how white they make New York is unbelievable. It's just wall-to-wall fuck. Everybody's white. And then at one point, the lady gets her groceries stolen. So Richard Dreyfus runs after this carload of people and out of the car jumps like two Puerto Ricans and a black guy and they got fucking afros and knives. All of a sudden it turns into Death Wish, this chick flick for like half a second. 
It's completely unnecessary in the plot of the movie other than to just remind white people to be racist. Uh, But that's not what I wanted to talk about in that movie. What really interests me in that movie, as I mentioned a zillion times, is I drive a Toyota Prius. And uh, when I drive it properly and I'm not slamming on the brakes and stomping on the gas, I can get 41 miles per gallon. Okay? Which is supposed to be good because a lot of shit gets 23, 25. Now, I've maintained for a while now, that cars in the 70s used to get like 33, 35 miles a fucking gallon, and that's goddamn almost, you know, 35, 40 years ago. In this movie, this chick flick, the goodbye girl, the chick that uh, Dreyfus is, is falling for, she's actually, you guys ever go to a car show? You know, where they show all the, uh, whatever, this year, they, uh, coming up in October, they'll start having the car show, and they have all the 2012 uh, models that are coming out. And speaking of models, they have these broads standing next to them. At least they did back in the day, unless they consider it too sexist. They'd have good-looking women standing there talking about the car. So anyways, her character does that in this movie. And it's like it's like 76, 1977, something like that. And she's standing in front of this Subaru talking about the car and says it gets 39 miles per gallon. All right? See, this is why I don't believe in shit. I don't believe in fucking anything. This is why everybody thinks, oh, you're paranoid. You're a fucking conspiracy. That's it fucking right there. 39 miles per gallon of this fucking all-wheel drive Subaru. Those things back there weren't, oh, yeah, four-wheel drive. Subaru got 39 miles per gallon. That was their claim, okay? That's 19 fucking 76 or 77 you're telling me in 35 years the best we've been able to do is get me an extra two miles per gallon on a fucking hybrid it's complete bullshit i think there's plenty of fucking oil and it's uh, the whole thing's horseshit you know one time i was riding i was riding in a cab in new york city and this pakistanian dude was driving it you know surprise surprise and uh I was talking to him about – I always – like I love talking to people who don't live here, you know, or, or who initially didn't live here and now live here, just getting their whole viewpoint on shit. Whether I agree with it or not, it's just interesting to me. So I was talking to him. This is the first time the gas prices were going through the fucking roof. And he says to me, he goes, do you know a Toyota Camry in this country gets like whatever the fuck it was at the time, 23, 25 miles per gallon. He goes, do you know in my country it gets like 38, 39 miles per gallon or like 40, something ridiculous. He goes, do you know why that is? And I said, no. And he goes, because we can't afford a car that gets 23 to 25 miles per gallon because I guess where they live, whatever the fucking gas prices are, whatever their fucking economy is, they can't afford a car that gets that amount of miles. So they just adjust the goddamn engine. So what I'm saying, people, is it's all bullshit. I don't know where I'm going with this stuff, and I don't know who to complain to. What about all those grease monkeys out there? You sit there and you watch these fucking shows on TV where they, they, they do like a build. They'll have some car. You know, like, we're hey, today you're not going to believe what we're going to do. We got a 1972 fucking GMC Willys garbage truck. And we're going to combine that with a 1975 Porsche 911. It's all going to look fucking sweet. And they somehow do it. The fucking car runs and it fucking got like nine wheels and it goes flying down the street. and It's got a fish tank in the back, right? 
Why don't they use that talent to fuck with the engine and get it to get it to make like, you know, like 100 miles per gallon? Are any of my podcast listeners out there, do you know how to do that shit? Is it that fucking hard? Isn't it just a couple of twists of the screwdriver on a carburetor? Do they have carburetors anymore? Ah, Christ, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Let's let's plow ahead, everybody. He's getting into conspiracy theory. Oh, gee. Um, all right, let's go with advice here. Um, you know, like always, somebody sent me one, and I can't remember uh, where the fuck I put it. But some lady came over here from England, and she lives just north of New York City. And uh, she loves living here. She loves the excess of America is what she said. But her husband, he, she said, is driving him nuts because he's an environmentalist and he is taking the environmentalist stance to the point that he won't flush the toilet when he just takes a piss. So she goes walking into the loo, as she calls it, and he's got his fucking piss in there. And she's like, well, what do I do about this? This is what you do, lady. You got to tell, just put a fucking brick or a stone in the back of your toilet. So you won't use as much water. And tell the dude to flush the goddamn toilet. Okay? Just tell him to flush the toilet. I'm all for trying to conserve. But flush the fucking toilet. All right? And furthermore, I don't like your attitude, though. Because she did the classic where, you know, he's doing all this other stuff, too, for the environment. Like it's going to matter. I hate people who got that defeatist attitude that it's not going to fucking matter. You know? Like when you vote for a Ron Paul and they tell you that you wasted your vote by voting for somebody who's actually being honest, whether you agree with them or not. Like that's a wasted vote. Oh, really? Waste? It's a wasted vote to vote for that guy to try and encourage more people like that who don't give a fuck to run for office? Dude, he, he's not going to win. So that that's why you vote? You vote because you want to vote for a winner? Ah, Jesus, that's depressing. Speaking of fucking depressing, the fucking Stanley Cup uh, finals this year, can anybody figure it out? I think this has been one of the most torturous finals um, for fans on both sides. God knows those Canuck cunts wouldn't admit to it because now they're up three games to two. But you can't tell me during game three and four you weren't like, what the fuck happened to my team? Why are they playing like a bunch of pussies and allowing themselves to be pushed all over the ice? That's what's happened every home game. The visiting team just gets smashed in the mouth and does nothing about it. It's fucking driving me nuts. All right? I'm getting sick of you fucking Canuck fans talking shit. Like your team is fucking superior. You've won three one-goal games. The Twins, what have they done? Shit! They haven't done shit. What has Ryan Kessler done? Shit! He's done nothing. What about that fucking, that goddamn Luongo with his sad basset hound eyes behind his goalie mask? You bunch of punks. I actually liked your fucking team until we played you guys and the amount of shit you guys have been talking. I actually used to like your fucking team. I would have rooted for the, if the Bruins weren't in it, I would have rooted for the Canucks because they never won one. But their fans are such cunts. Oh, with their stupid hankies that they have during the goddamn game. The only people who should do that are Pittsburgh Steelers fans. They came up with it. It was the terrible towel. Anyone else who does it, it's fucking gay. 
And I can't wait for the Bruins to win game six and game seven so you fucking pussies are crying in your goddamn hankies. Jesus Christ. This is the thing, though. I actually think they're a great team, and they got a tremendous amount of talent on there. But those motherfuckers are the cheapest sons of bitches I've ever seen in my life. I don't mind the hits. I don't mind that shit. You know, it happens. All right? But the fucking, the diving and the flopping. Hey, I asked this the other day. Uh, I, I was on TSN, which is the ESPN up in uh, Canada. I called in and I asked this. Can some hockey fan please explain to me? All right? And one of the games, the last game actually, game five. All right, they're, at, they're lining up for a faceoff. And uh, Burroughs is right next to Lucic. So what he does is he puts his leg in front of Lucic's stick and then just does a pratfall and acts like he trips. Okay? Now, I would think that either he'd get two minutes for diving or they would call Lucic for tripping because they didn't realize that, you know, that they got faked out. But for some reason, Lucic got two minutes for tripping and Burroughs got two minutes for embellishment. Or something stupid like that. I, I don't get that. It's like he either fucking tripped the guy or he didn't. What does that penalty mean? Like, okay, he tripped you, but he didn't trip you that bad. I don't know. I, I've had it. The fucking goddamn twins. Jesus Christ. They're, they're, they're flopping all over the fucking ice. That's how you want to win a cup, Vancouver? That's how you want to do it? By pretending you got hurt? Fucking shameless. Just a shameless fucking hockey team. I got no, I have absolutely no fucking respect for them. I've lost all fucking respect for that goddamn team. I, I can't believe it. There's no fucking reason for them to be doing that shit. They got enough weapons. They sort of have a good goaltender and they're a great physical team. Why do you got to play like fags? You know? Why? Is that what you guys do out there in Vancouver? Is that what you do? When you're not going out on a fucking whale watch and listening to your Euro trash music with your awful tight clothes that you wear up there. I've been to Vancouver for about 20 minutes. Beautiful scenery if you're not looking at the people. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to play Tampa or Vancouver just for the fan that actually takes this shit seriously. Um, anyways, plowing ahead. Plowing ahead. Speaking of... Uh, Speaking of, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, gay and all that type of stuff. A certain comedian got into a bunch of trouble for a bunch of stuff he said during a, during a, uh, during a stand-up performance. And uh, people got offended. And uh, this really bugged me. I was watching a news program. I was watching a program that involved the news. And this dude came on and the comedian apologized. And they asked him what he thought. He go, And the guy was just like, well, you know, I think the apology was good, but I don't think it's enough. I think he should donate some money to the fucking blah, 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 blah. And it just, it just killed the whole fucking thing for me. It killed the outrage. I, I should really just look at the guy at that. It's like really at the end of it, all you want to do is just get some fucking money out of the guy. You know, I, I don't understand that. I really don't. You know, somebody does something and then they apologize. That should be enough. You got that's not enough. You got to take the money out of his fucking wallet. You know, so if that's the case, then you really don't give a shit about the apology. You just wanted to you just using it as an as an excuse. 
to get some fucking money, right? Did that make any fucking sense? I don't know. I'm basically judging the entire topic because of that one douche I saw on TV. All right, let's plow ahead here before I have to fucking apologize to somebody. Um, people of Vancouver. Do do you think that is is his apology that he made fun of your white belts and white shoes, your Herb Tarlick Euro trash way of fucking dressing at your dance clubs? The fact that he apologized was that enough? Um, I don't think it's quite enough. I think he should make a donation to the Vancouver uh, mountainous region. Ah, go fuck yourselves. All right, dear Bill, I'm I am from Kansas City, and there is currently radio commercials in which a law officer, a law. A law office offers their services exclusively for women going through a divorce. Of course they do. There's a ton of money involved there. Uh, they talk about how they review all of the husband's finances and ensure the woman will receive the maximum amount the law will allow. And then he writes in capital letters, what the fuck? Are there any law offices that offer services exclusively for men? I doubt it. If there were, I would imagine there would be a huge protest from feminists all across the U.S. I know you've addressed this hundreds of times over, but why is it okay to completely fuck a man over? This commercial insinuates the man is already in the wrong. This is absolute bullshit. Dude, you preach on. This guy's speaking the gospel here. Anyways, wanted to share this with you as this is just another example of man-bashing commercials that just piss me off. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's review this. Uh, yeah, okay. First of all, you can't get mad at the lawyers because uh, they're just going where the money is. And, um, and as, you, as, you, as you say, that if, if it was the opposite way, that there would be feminist groups protesting. All right. That therein lies the fucking problem. Until men actually get together and start protesting that type of shit, which I would absolutely love to be a part of on any fucking level. I would love to see that happen. But we're guys. We don't do that shit. Once we get, you get punched in the face, yeah, fuck you. You get up and you walk away. Like, you, you can't do that. Like, yeah, there should be guys protesting it. I think that would be fucking hilarious. Um, that's absolutely terrifying. That's one of nine million reasons why I never got fucking married. That is just unfucking believable. You know, I'll tell you what kills me is most women who would watch it. They always say the same thing when you like, you'll say to them, like, can you believe that shit? When they always say that same, yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. Uh. Big stupid face. What the fuck have you ever done? That that's my my whole my whole thing with that. It's just uh, I don't know. You get married, you just better pray to God it fucking works out. As a guy, that's all you have. And the amount of power. It's not it's not a balanced relationship because of the way that the divorce laws are. It's the second. You know, it's like when you're single. You have an unbelievable amount of power as a guy, even if you're in a relationship, because that she she can't get to you legally. That's it. It's fucking over. You have your shit, and that's it. And you're a guy, and you can earn a fucking living. That's it. You don't have to worry about shit. And then the second you get married, you lose all power because at any point she she can just divorce you and fucking take you for everything you're worth. 
Everything you work for, it's, it's just it's fucking over. Look at Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods gave his wife a quarter of a billion dollars. She was a nanny. Fucking nanny worth, what, nine figures. For what? She, he had a prenup where she was only going to get $5 million. Only $5 million. Who here wouldn't kill for $5 million? I quit my podcast for a fucking 200 grand. <laughs> you know, you find out your husband's some dog going around cheating or whatever. That's, that happens to women. And the guy's a broke-ass son of a bitch, and they're left with nothing. So it's not like women always make out. But here's a situation where you find out your husband's a dog. The marriage is over. Oh, but I get $5 million. But that's not enough for the cunt because she knows he has a billion, and she wants to get as much of that as she can. I swear to fucking God, I can't do these topics because it makes you see red because they're not entitled to it. It's bullshit. All right? If you marry the greatest golfer of a fucking generation who's won 14 titles, okay, and you haven't even won a game at tiddlywinks, on a professional level. You're not entitled to that money. You're not. You are legally, but you're not. You didn't fucking earn it, you cunt. All right, there you go, Bill. Get to the core of the hatred. All right, number two. Um, Bill, really? The fucking Nor- Norwegians get you for multiple gigs and London gets one night? Uh, you know how You know how they hate? Wait a minute, dude. What are you talking about? The Norwegians, okay, you're talking about the whole Scandinavian area. I'm in a different country every night. I'm in, I'm in England one night, then Finland, then Norway, Norway, then Denmark, and then Sweden. All right, that's totally equal. What are you bitching about? Uh, not to mention, I already played London, and I, the place was three-quarters full. I don't think I need to do a week of dates there in front of nine, nine people per show. Um, all right, Bill, really, the fucking Norwegians get you, you, get you for multiple gigs and London gets one night. And I can't even, I don't know what he says here. You know, they hate Merikyu over in Sweden too, right? What is that? M-E-R-I-C-U-H. I'll have to look that up. I don't know what that is. Are you trying to fill some sort of urge to pal around with people who are whiter than yourself? Well, then look no further than London, sir. They are so white. They eat their pizza with forks and knives. Um, you think, what, you think because you've been here before, you can just do London in a night and peace out? Are you some sort of Anglo expert now? Uh, I'm just fucking around. Glad you're giving London at least one night. Look forward to seeing you. Figures I discover your uh, comedy after I move out to Los Angeles. Well, I'm out here in Los Angeles, sir. If you'd like to see me, I'm doing a uh, benefit for uh, Greg Giraldo's wife and uh, family at the Wiltern Theater. Um the hell's the fucking date oh jesus there bill how do you not know where the fuck you're gonna be oh you know what i know when the fuck it is it's uh june 29th at the wiltern theater all right not only can you see me sir you can see a bunch of other comics doing their fucking thing all right jeff ross is gonna be out there slappy white we're gonna have a bunch of big names um all right what is, oh, I guess the email wasn't done here. By the way, that email you read from that guy who claimed to be French had a bunch of condescending misinformation in it. Write that guy back and tell him he's a prick just like all the rest of the French, uh, Parisians or otherwise. France is full of garlic-eating, 
pseudo-mustache-having dickheads. Granted, their women are clean-shaven, though. Uh, too bad the majority of them look like dudes regardless. <laughs> now, why do you think he's saying all that shit, people? Do you know why that is? It's because his country is next to France. Nobody likes the country they're next to, right? Although I do like Canada, except for uh, Canadian, Montreal Canadian fans and uh, even Vancouver Canuck fans with your hankies, okay, and your pratfalls. Hey, when they all those pratfalls that they do, do they play like uh, Benny Hill music at the beginning of the sh- of uh, whenever Vancouver has a home game? When they show the highlights, they go, and they just show everybody flopping around on the fucking ice, laughing because they're cheating. (laughs) You got a hell of a team and you might win the cup, but Jesus Christ. How about next year? How about next year you make some sort of vow that you're going to have some sort of fucking code of honor, something. Jesus, this whole fucking series. Which one of the Sendines was it? Was it that fucking flopped onto his back, and the ref didn't even call it? And when he got up, someone on the Bruins were going, was going, "Are you okay? You all right? Everything okay?" Ah, oh, Jesus, what a bunch of pussies! Um, all right, overrated, underrated for this week. Uh, underrated, jerking off on the clock. <laughs> Everyone should do this once in their lifetime. You might as well be getting blown by what by your boss's wife. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, but where do you do it? And then the odds of getting caught? That's uh that's part of the excitement. Fucking weirdo. Jerking off at work. Where where exactly? Oh, jerking off on the clock. Oh, I see. So what? Uh you know what? I'm going home for lunch. Then you go back and you jerk off. Oh, but on lunch, you're not on the clock. Sir, could you please or, or could you please elaborate and let me know where exactly it is that you jerk off at work? Any of my listeners, any of you guys, you ever jerk off at work? Has, is this what the podcast, is this what it really has come down to? Anybody else ever rub one out at fucking work? And when you do, where do you go? Obviously the bathroom. Wow. I mean, you're really risking your fucking career there. If you get caught rubbing one out. I'm trying to think of a job that you could have where you could get caught rubbing one out at work and people would laugh it off. Obviously a comedian, you know, if you were rubbing one out in the green room, as long as you sold the room out, (laughs) you know, that's the amazing thing about show business. I was thinking about this shit the other day that if you, if say you killed somebody, you committed murder, but it was judged a crime of passion. You know, you lost your shit and you fucking killed somebody. So you're going to jail for at least 15 years, okay? So 15 years, 17 years, you get out. Where are you going to get a goddamn job? Okay? Other than just continuing to be a criminal. You know, selling drugs or some shit. You know, there's only two places that you, I think that you can get a job. You can become like a car salesman. Because they don't give a fuck. You know? Or you can get into show business. It's fucking amazing. You can you can you can walk right out of prison. If anybody is in prison listening to this shit, you know, if you have these privileges, you can get out of prison. You know, after doing seventeen years, and then they hand you your fucking Z Cavaricis that you wore when you walked into prison back in fucking nineteen ninety three. 
with your goatee and I can't believe Kurt Cobain just killed himself t-shirt, right? Within a week, you could sign up. You could write, first fucking day, you go out, sign up for an open mic. You could write five minutes material and you could be on stage telling jokes within a fucking week. And not only could you be, not only would you be accepted when other comedians found out that you murdered somebody, their reaction wouldn't be like, holy fuck, you're a piece of shit. They would just be like, dude, dude, you should talk about that on stage. That, that could be your hook, man. You go up in your orange jumpsuit, right? You let people know that you killed somebody, and then, first of all, no one's going to fucking heckle you. And then you can intimidate the crowd that if they don't laugh at your jokes, you're going to go you fucking do it again, you know? I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day about, you know, that's, that's a conversation that guys have a lot about. Do you think you could survive if you went to prison? And uh, I was talking to uh, Keith Robinson uh, about this shit. And uh, I was telling him that I would go into prison and I would immediately join the Aryan Nation. Immediately. I would, I would have a big pen out if I smuggled it in. I would, I would be drawing the swastika between my eyes. Not because I believe in that shit. I just don't want to get raped. <laughs> so I would be drawing that in on the bus ride into the prison. And I told Keith, you know, no offense that if I did see him in prison, I would have to call him the N-word. I just would. Just, you know, not out of some racist shit. I just, I would not want, I just don't want to get raped. And I have to bond with the fucking, uh, the psycho, uh <laughs> The psycho fucking, uh, what do you call them? What do you call those guys? The white supremacists. And I'd have to sit there listening to their awful music. Remember that from American History X? Remember that fatty was in the van singing, The white man marches. (laughs) Oh, would I be counting down the fucking days? Jesus Christ. But you'd have to do it. You'd have to do it. You'd have to become... A full-on fucking Aryan maniac. What are your What are your options? You know, I mean, I'm all for you know not being racist, hundred percent, all about it. I think it's ignorant and all that type of shit. But I draw the line at getting fucked in the ass. All right, fuck that, fuck that noise, son. I'll say some shit that'll make fucking uh, Charles Manson blush. Uh, well, maybe that's the guy I'd knock out. Come walking up to him with his vampire fingernails and just fucking slap the beard right off his face. Maybe that would prevent it. I don't know. If anybody's ever been to prison, what exactly? Someone like me. All right, before I, I commit to going in there and just shaving my head and acting like uh, I'm part of the Aryan nation. Because that's the only way I see, you know, getting out of it. If anybody who's been listening to this shit has been to prison... How does a Ron Howard, Ralph Malf looking jackass like myself who hasn't had a fist fight since junior high outside of his family? <laughs> um, how, how do you survive? How do you do it? Now, that's the only option I can think. I got to go in there and I, I got to hang. Oh, Jesus. Then I'd have to get a bunch of awful tattoos. Ugh. Oh, Jesus Christ. That would, uh, I'd probably just kill myself. 
That's what I was joking about. But then I wouldn't have the nerve to do it, and then I'd get raped. <laughs> and then I'd be thinking as I was getting raped, going, fuck, I should have done it earlier because now i got to kill myself. It's fucking unreal. So anyways, whenever you see these fucking people, when they, they – I remember a long time ago, there was some, like, some kid in New York City. It was this classic case where he he killed his girlfriend, and he said that they were having rough sex, and it got out of control, right, which is complete horseshit. He killed her, right? But that's what he said. So anyways, he ended up doing all of his time because he kept getting busted for shit. So when he was getting uh, in, in prison, so like they were talking about uh, – they were talking about him getting out. I remember he was getting out. And they're like, so-and-so's getting out of prison, the you know, the famous case, blah, 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 blah. And evidently, he was quite a busy man when he was in prison. And they start giving him shit, going like he got busted on numerous occasions for selling drugs. He got into a couple of altercations with the guards and other inmates. And they're talking about him like he should have been there coloring. It's like, no, he was doing what he had to do so he didn't become somebody's girlfriend. I hate when people do that. When they talk about people not behaving nicely in prison as if that's a place where that is an option. I saw a guy one time, he was saying that on one of those prison shows, he was talking about how whenever this, they're coming into your cell, uh, they give you the option where you, 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 put your, you, you put your back to the door and then they reach in and they handcuff you. And he's saying you can't do that. He goes, your options are basically you back up like a bitch to the door and then all the other inmates look at you like you're a bitch or you fight them. So what, what are you supposed to do? You got, so you basically have to take a beat down from these fucking officers who are dressed like RoboCop so that they don't rape you? Because you it's, it's fucking horrific. It's absolutely horrific. And the fact that I've blown off jury duty for the last fucking 16 months. Speaking of being racist, that's one that people always say, like to get out of uh, jury duty. Like they always just go in there. You just go in there and you just say a bunch of racist shit. I love when people like they think that that's how you do it. It's like, you know, yeah, or you could just ignore it when it comes in the mail. You just don't respond to it. You could always do that as opposed to going down to the courthouse and just saying racist shit. You know, you're you're overthinking it. All right, where the hell am I? Um, overrated. Uh, American football. Even the name is inaccurate. Uh, Mexicans don't play it. Brazilians don't. Argentinians don't. Hmm, com- Canadians don't play it much. No, they do play it. They have a whole league, you cunt. You're just too dumb to name another country. How about Venezuela? Dumb fuck. Um, and here's the crucial bit. Nor does the rest of the world... This is a game where the Super Bowl is played only by American teams, yet they call themselves world champs. Dude, this is one of the oldest arguments I've ever heard. Even the World Cup events of hockey, rugby, and rock, paper, scissors, yes, that's a real event, invite competitors from more than two nations. Uh, It's one of the few sports whose all-American heroes, from Joe Montana to Walter Payton, were a bunch of guys who only played against their compatriots. Well, you know what? If you pussies want to put together a team and try and join the NFL, I mean, they play a game in London every year trying to get you guys interested in it. You're not interested in the fucking game. 
And I guarantee whatever fucking team you put together will kick the shit out of you just like we have in basketball. Our fucking sport, you cunt. The fuck do you get off talking about it? Uh, football is, uh, you know what football is? Football is the correction to soccer. See, Americans were smart enough to realize how goddamn boring your, your fucking sport is. And you want to talk about a bunch of people diving. I actually, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to actually apologize to the Vancouver Canucks for suggesting that they were diving on an insane level, okay? Professional soccer players take it to an entirely different level, all right? Every time somebody comes up and barely touches you, you act like you just got thrown out of a fucking car, and you sit there with your scarves singing songs because you're so goddamn bored waiting for a fucking goal to be scored. What would happen if you actually picked the goddamn ball up and ran with it? It'd be exciting, like rugby. Rugby is exciting, as opposed to soccer or football, whatever the fuck you call it. And I know what you're saying, like, yeah, but in rugby, they're not pussies. They don't wear helmets. Yeah, they don't hit each other as hard either. I've watched it. I've watched both. I think they're both awesome sports to watch. Both of them make me cringe. But the American game is way faster and way more fucking violent. It just is. All right? Our football players are actually dying in their 50s and donating their brains to science. And they're finding that they have... These guys have died in their 40s. That they, whatever the fuck they have on their brain, they don't see in the average... They see it basically with people who die of Alzheimer's in their 80s. Okay? People get paralyzed playing our game. All right? If you don't like our game... You know what it is? The rest of the world, you know, I, this is what I think it is. This is what I think your big fucking problem with America is, is that you just like a lot of our shit. You like our music. You like our clothes. You like a lot of our culture. And it kills you that we don't pay attention to your shit. You want our fucking approval on some goddamn level. Don't roll your fucking eyes at me. You do. The fuck are you doing listening to this podcast? This is an American podcast, sir. What is your fucking, other than our foreign policy, which I totally fucking understand, what is it? You know, because all the shit I just said about soccer, I actually really enjoy the Premier League. I really enjoy that. And I just think it's cool that you go there and you sing songs and you drink fucking beer with your red fat faces. I think that's a good thing. You know? I actually, I respect the fucking game. Here you come over here talking about fucking, uh, how the fuck is American football overrated? You never even said why it was overrated. It is American footballs. United States is in the Americas, you dumb fuck. What are we supposed to call it? Asian football? You know what? You're a goddamn dummy, aren't you? Are you on the dole? Is that what you guys call welfare over there? Uh, what is it? Mexicans don't play it. Brazilians don't play it. Artisans don't. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They don't. What? Because they don't play it. We shouldn't play it. And it shouldn't be called American football, even though we're in America. Explain yourself, sir. Uh, I'm tired of that whole fucking thing. Oh, then he goes, well, let me digress. It's a great game. If you love commercial breaks. Um... Well, what about your fucking game? Your game needs a commercial break. You know what? You know what fucking soccer needs? It needs a goddamn. 
It needs like a halftime show that's being played the entire time if you get bored. One nil. We're into the penalty time and everybody's sitting there whistling in the crowd. You did something bad. Here, you got a yellow card. Ooh, he took out the red card. Ah, oh, Jesus, a bunch of guys running around in shorts. Um, anyways, advice. Hey, Bill, love the podcast. Most guys would probably write in uh, and, how, and ask how to get their girlfriend to do anal. Well, I've got a question that's a little more practical. Um, a girl that I'm seeing absolutely loves anal. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that, you know something? That, that's disgusting. All right, I'm just going to say that right off the bat, that it's just fucking gross. That's something that, for some reason, became a big thing in porn for a while. And, uh, you know, all I'm going to say is this. I'm going to try to keep it clean here. Uh, you participate in that act long enough, you're going to realize why at some point, someday, one time, you're going to realize why you should never stick your pee-pee in there. All right, without getting gross. Okay, she insists on it every time we have sex. Yeah. The other day, after we got back from a road trip that involved way too much gas station food, up oh, here we go. Here we go. She was having an abnormal amount of gas. All right, I'm going to pause here and give you guys a chance to just kind of walk away from your little recording devices so you don't have to listen to the rest of this. Here we go. Well, she eventually got up off the couch, ran to the bathroom, and yelled, I just shit my pants. She was really cool about it. Well, Jesus, I mean, I mean, how cool can you be about it other than just being honest? But she's concerned about the effects of constantly having things shoved up her ass. Yeah, well, she should be. She just turned 30 and has only started doing anal on a consistent basis for the last few years. Uh, I was wondering if you could... Why are you bringing my girl into this? Get her to invite some of her friends over and then randomly ask her friends which ones do anals on a consistent basis and whether or not they have problems shitting themselves. Thanks for the help. Uh, Yeah, she didn't... I I don't know. She didn't shit herself because of the sex you're having. She shit herself because you ate at a gas station, I think. Uh, But I can't tell you that, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I uh, yes. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I'm not a doctor. Uh I'm not into doing that to uh female and uh you know, it's a uh it's a uh, very soft membrane in there. You're dealing with you're dealing with a bunch of issues there, buddy. Bunch of fucking issues. There's no reason to do it. Um what I would tell her is like, yeah, uh that's why you shit yourself uh, so you can get out of having to do that to her. Uh, you don't want to do that to the person you love, do you? That's the mother of your kids someday. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, you know what? When with that, I think it's about time to end this fucking podcast. Let's go with one more of these. Hey, hello, Bill. I'm 18 years old. I've been with my girlfriend for three years, and honestly, I'm tired of fucking her. Uh, the relationship is fine. Me and her get along great, but I feel like the excitement and the lust is gone. This is uh, becoming a problem is making it really difficult not to cheat. I'm guessing at some point you've had the same problem. I just want to know 
Is this going to happen with every long-term relationship? I feel like I'm living the life of a middle-aged married man and uh, already, but I don't want it to end it as me and her get along fine. Also, I just also just to add, we've recently tried basically every sexually and we've everything sexually and we've easily had sex more than 500 times, so there's no way to really spice things up anymore. Thanks. Uh, P.S. I really think you would blow up over here in England if you got your specials on TV over here. You seem to tap into the British humor. The podcast is great. Yeah, dude, you know what? If anybody knows anybody over there on TV, I would love to get my specials on over there. I think I have to do local TV over there. I should probably try and do that. Do a local TV show over there. That's a great fucking idea. Um, What the hell was your question? Um, Sir, there is no way to spice it up. After you've banged her 500 times, you just better hope that you love her in the end. Sex will happen uh, less frequent, and uh, it's just how it is. It's just how it is. But then, you know, if you really love this girl and you dump her, you're going you're gonna to be sad and be thinking about her as you're banging this new girl who you're going to be excited about fucking probably about 40 times. And then you're going to be right back to it. So uh, that's why they say it's not the be-all, end-all. Um, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I don't know. Why don't you go down to the costume store and dress up like a fucking milkman? Why don't you start with that? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, dude. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. It happens. It happens to everybody. Uh, sorry to end on a fucking downer there. Uh, anyways, let's let's go up. Let's go up here. I'm going to be at the Chicago Theater with one of the anti-social network tour dates with Jim Brewer, David Tell, and the wonderfully talented Jimmy Norton. Um... June 15th, Wednesday, June 15th. I'm going to be out there at the Chicago Theater. There's still some tickets left, very few. Please get off your ass. Come on down. Come on see the show. You're getting four for the price of one. And as far as I'm concerned, four of the best goddamn comics you're going to see out today. All right, look at me talking a little bit of shit. And uh, later on this month, I'm going to be at the uh, Wiltern Theater for the Greg Giraldo Benefit here in Los Angeles. Please, please, please uh, buy some tickets uh, all the proceeds go to his uh, his widow and his his wonderful kids, and it would mean a lot for me if you guys could make some time to come down to the show. Um, I don't have the lineup in front of me. Maybe I'll read that next week, but it's just basically a who's who and really just lets you know how well Greg was loved and respected by all other comics. Um, so please come down to the Wiltern Theater in uh, Los Angeles on June 29th. That's it. That's the podcast for this week. I hope you guys all have a great week. And I hope next week when I, uh, this is what I'm hoping, the Dallas Mavericks win the NBA championship and the Bruins are, uh, the Bruins are fucking, uh, actually have won the cup. That would be amazing. And I still think that they could do it. All right, that's it. That's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. Another homie got smoked, but it's no surprise Everybody's tripping cause the boy was too young to die A sad sight to see my homie take his last breath Everybody's tripping cause they can't accept my homie's death Another killing was reported on the evening news Somebody's brother got killed behind a pair of shoes In the midst of all this shit I think about myself Wondered when somebody's gonna try to take me off the shelf But I refuse to be another violent casualty So when I'm rolling I pack my pistol grip beside my knee Cause on the city streets today a brother just can't win When the people you think are your friends really ain't your friends Uh, And Bushwick can't sleep 
When everybody around me keeps falling six feet deep. Partners come together, and you know that. 